Oh, a very good morning, all. Welcome, breakfast with Patton Heels on this Wednesday morning, the seventh of Feb. Uh, if you'd like to join us on the open line, Heels, you can thirteen thirteen fifty five. That's the uh, Suncorp Home Resilience open line, or you can text us on oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Now, well, what about it was you? Nearly just breakfast with Pat there, Patty. No, no, Pat. And what about I had you? Headphones off and my microphone down. Yeah, well, you've had no preparation. You've been sitting in here since five, <laughs> so I thought you might be ready by this stage. I can't take my eyes off the surfing. Oh, yes, the surfing started. Uh, waves are ordinary, but they've got to get things up and running. So and it can a, be done. We've can had be a couple done of Aussie ordinary. successes already. Jack Robinson. Well, he's winning. Uh, Liam O'Brien's won. Ethan Ewing's won, the uh, Stratty oh. boy. But uh, here, wait, I was just about to give you a rap and you kept interrupting me. Sorry. You've uh, delved. This could be one of your best. You've gone to the House of Lords <laughs> to, find, to find a uh, guest for us. Today. Well, I, I got him on the Gold Coast. <laughs> Ian on the Gold Coast. Ian Botham. Beefy's going to come on and have a chat. So, what do we do? We call him Sir Ian Botham or Lord Ian Botham? Yeah, either. Yeah. Either, I think. It's so not bad, is it? I'll be calling him Beefy. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, he's on his way up from the Gold Coast. I'm not sure whether he'll be in the car or or uh, hasn't left yet, but uh, I'm playing golf with him at Royal Queensland today. Well, oh, listen to you dropping So, that. So, uh, I think a, a group of Royal Queensland members have have uh, attracted him to come and play, mm-hmm. have a little uh, quickish dinner. I don't really think I'll be there long to get out of there and get ready for tomorrow's show. So, yeah, I'll, yeah, I don't know what sort of game and um, where we're playing in the field, but I think we're teeing off around the 11.30, maybe 12 o'clock mark. Loves his golf, loves a glass of wine, so he'll fit in. Well, he's manufactured that many wines, hasn't he? Mm. He's, he's done wines with Jeff Merrill. He's done wines with Bob Willis. They called it BMW, both of Merrill Willis. And BMW wrote them a letter to sort of say, hey, hey, you can't do that. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll stay away from making cars if you like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they went. Well, uh, they call him the most influential English cricketer of the 20th century. Hard to argue with. Uh, came from that, that fab four of all-rounders, didn't he? Imran Khan, Kapil Dev, Sir Richard Hadley. Uh, what an era it was. We'll, we'll chat about that. I wonder what his take would be on yesterday's debacle at Manica. Wasn't that awful? Did you watch it yesterday afternoon? Yeah, it yeah, was just watch shocking. It. Oh, yeah, so was... what's happened to the West Indies? I mean, they come off the highs of the Gabba, they're getting headlines. Change Everyone's their team. patting them on the back. Yeah, they're all out for 86. Athenae's scored 32, but uh, you know the X-Man, the X-Factor, Xavier Bartlett, again, another forfer. So he's got eight wickets for 38 in this series, the, uh, the Queensland Heat superstar. And we reached two for 87 off, wait for it, 6.5 overs. Yeah, wow. and, and we missed a couple. Yeah. Missed a couple of balls. Wouldn't you be filthy if you'd paid 130 bucks for a seat for that one? Oh, they better not have. And, yeah, well, I think you, you probably need uh, investigating yourself if you bought tickets to that at $130. So, But I think they should get, you know, maybe a half price or a bit of a discount for the next game at Monica. Yeah. Um, Jake Fraser McGurk, he was the star, 41 off 18. Boy, can't he, isn't he a clean hitter? He is, yeah. but uh, 41 off 18, I reckon he swung at the first six that didn't hit him. Mm. Remember they hit him in the thigh pad or hit him in the guts and missed the first one? He, I think he's, his signature might be going to be the first ball of the innings. He, you know, the, the audacious shot he tried in Sydney, a yeah. shot uh, from back of a length type delivery, missed it. Uh, very risky. And again, it was on yesterday. He missed the first one again. Big woofy swing. 
Uh, he just needs to be a bit careful there yeah, uh, I, because you can waste opportunities uh, by playing up to your ego. Uh, well, it was over in a flash, but I, I think seem to remember, I reckon he might have been like 10 off 10. So, in other words, he scored another, the next 30-odd off about eight balls. Yeah, I, I, just no, and crazy, I reckon he wasn't – he was off seven. He was probably one yeah. or two. I think he hit a two. Yeah, it was just a, a boundary rampage, wasn't it? You know, um, it's good to be able to have some self-belief if I ever get picked again. Um, just know that I can sort of get out there and, and do it at the highest level. So, um, personally, it's great. And to come away with a 3-0 series win, it's even better. None for 46 or 3.3 overs. Fraser McGurk on strike again. Ford bowls. Oh, that's gone. Out of here. And it has gone for six as well. It was a swipe over mid-wicket. And he is treating this West Indies bowling with disdain, Jake Fraser McGurk. He's up to 26 from 13 balls. That brings up the 50 for Australia, and we're into the fourth over. And that one has gone 15 rows back onto the concrete concourse, and it kept going. And it was about that time in the innings that he just zoomed past Josh Inglis. Mm. So while Jake was finding his feet and his balance uh, at one end, Inglis was looking great, which is fantastic because he's starting to show the fruits of being around that team for four years or so. He, he was driving powerfully. He was, All his shots were on. And he was about 25 off about a dozen balls. Yeah. Um, and so it's great to see uh, his consistency coming into the opening position as they all put their hand up to replace David Warner. So what do you say about the West Indies, Hills? Pathetic. Yeah. Like that. I don't think uh, Jake Fraser McGurk paid that uh, played that bowling with any disdain at all. He paid it the right amount of respect. Yeah. It was rubbish. It was all on the wrong length. There was no pace about it. There was no movement consistently. Every now and then, one swung wildly, and so did Jake. Um, but but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was leg side, offside, short, full, like absolute international rubbish. And I've got uh, gloves off about it today. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I think very immature performance. Well, I mean he's a, he's an he's an exciting young talent. There's no doubt about that. And Steve Smith is a fan. It's go out and play, enjoy yourself, and um, express yourself. And certainly did that. So um, he's another one that's got a bright future by the looks of things. Yeah, it was exciting, wasn't it? Um, you know, when he hits them, they certainly stay hit. So um, yeah, I'm sure he'll take a lot of confidence out of out of that. Um, you know, he, he took it on and, and hit a lot of balls in the middle there and um, got us off to a flyer. So he's certainly not short of confidence. And um, no, it's cool to see someone come in and at the age of 21 and just play with such freedom and um, no fear at all. Um, it, it's cool to watch. And, yeah, I'm sure he's going to have some learnings along the way and, and things like that. But um, the way he's playing right now, it's exciting for everyone to watch. Mm, and those learnings can't be too desperate. Mm. Right, so what he's trying is very difficult. That's why not many people in world cricket have done it. Uh, open the batting or get a new ball coming at you at good pace and hit it for six um, all around the ground. So he's, there's going to be some down times uh, if and when he gets into the Australian side. And, and don't think you're going to retain your position because you went out and played with freedom. Mm. You've got to perform. He, he's got to perform, otherwise that won't last. And so it's a tricky thing that he's committing to, but he's sort of committing to it. He, he was a bit dirty on himself in Sydney for, for getting out to a shot that he didn't really commit to, go full on at it. He was a bit, should I, shouldn't I? 
Uh, so he certainly didn't have any, shouldn't I, uh, in his language yesterday. <laughs> How filthy would you have been if you'd paid to go and see that match? Give us a yell. Tell us. I mean, uh, paying good money for that. Fair dick, it was it was rubbish. Open line. <laughs> it started well for the West Indies, didn't it? Their first batsman, Otley, Otley, Keorn Otley. Did you remember he got out, LBW, mm. to Xavier? Yeah, he nicked Smashed it. Smashed it. And yeah. then he goes down and talks to his partner, Alec <laughs> Athanasi. What was he doing? Re- sleeping. And he said, do you reckon I hit that? No, oh, don't know, and just walked off. Just walked off. <laughs> big yeah, big smash yeah. inside edge onto his pad. Mm. Oh, what are you doing? Tell us what you think. 13, 13, 55, it was a des- debacle. Uh, text line is 0467 736 736. Hey, uh, plenty of rugby league today, Hills, as oh. well. Um, we've got our own SEN league expert and former Broncos great Andrew McCulloch stopping by. Obviously, he'll talk us up about Ezra Mam and this long-term deal that he's done, five-year deal, long time, which mm. is great. I mean, they've they've locked him away, so this is the, the plot that they've been hatching for quite a while now, and it's it's come to fruition. He's obviously know. convinced them, I can tackle. Mm. The big boys aren't worrying me. Yeah, and he's only going to get better. He's a kid. Well, maybe. What if he gets a shoulder niggle? Yeah. Well, I mean... And happen to any footballer. That's right, but yeah. he's little, right? He's little. He's getting bigger. I see he, he and Reese Walsh have got similar type body shapes walking in the paper together today. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that that's, was always a worry when he was 19 and 20, wasn't it? Mm. Could he tackle enough? Would he stand up to that? And he has. The other one we've got on, uh, interesting, he's been an absolute superstar in the Kid Cup. Josh Rogers gets his chance for the Bronx against the, I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't know whether he's going to be welcome on the show. He's spurned. The, the Ian Healy-sponsored Burley Bears to go to the Seagulls. He's no, now within the Broncos. We sponsor the Seagulls too. Oh, do you? Yeah, but I just don't attend as much. <laughs> so you're a Burley Bears man. Yeah, I'm really a Burley Bear. <laughs> but he'll come back to Burley this year, won't he? Have we still retained Wynnum in our in our uh, feeder, the Broncos? Because Burley are now in our feeder. Yeah. So he's got to go back to Burley. Well, you, can, you can work on him when you uh, have a chat to him a little later on today. Oh, Josh. Hey, we're here for Burbank Homes, the builder you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes. And, of course, Hyundai. The all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line is available right now. So, Macca joining us, Josh Rogers joining us, and Lord Ian Botham will be on the show as well today. Did you so, see uh, Josh Inglis's first shot? Uh, you, um, yeah, yeah, the um, reverse sweep. The reverse ramp. Yeah. Right? And it was a good ball. The, finally, they got they got one full straight at the stumps. And then and he turns around and hits it. That was four. his free hit, though, wasn't it? I know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm thinking, what? How? Why has he done that? And then later on, I heard that was a free hit. I, I missed the fact that right. it was a free hit. So, that was incredible. Hey, Oscar from the Valleys, uh, he's up early, Oscar. Uh, surely both captains could have got together yesterday and agreed to play a 20-over game so at least the people got their money worth. A lot of kids mm. in the crowd yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, look, I just thought it was a real disappointment. It was one of the, one of the worst things that I've seen, to tell you the truth. I mean, this is a game that was, was going to go into the night. Broadcaster would be wrapped, wouldn't they? They were off here at about 3 o'clock yesterday mm. afternoon. Anyway. Yeah, having televised a complete game. Mm. Uh, Oscar, mm, yes, they... Uh, maybe a ten over game, not twenty. Yeah. I, I don't think you'd you'd put up with that. It's it's certainly not the captain's faults, the the Australian fault. But yeah, t ten maybe. I did switch across to uh, watch Kane Williamson uh, after that. He became only the fifth Kiwi in Test oh, history. How good are you? Yeah, that's good. unbelievable. To uh, score a hundred in both innings. Yeah, that's a great knock. Great knock. I can't believe Cuzzy hasn't rung in. About that, <laughs> so, so they went hard, I mean, and they got Ravindra out. Yeah, that's a good effort. 
So New Zealand 511 and now four for 179. They've got two game, two days left in this game, by the way. South Africa, who are completely diluted, uh, 162. Peterson got 45. Henry three for 31. Santa three for 34. So the New Zealand lead now is 525 with a couple of days left. So I don't know. What do they do? Just declare this morning and, and have a crack at them? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, they'll get the conditions right and... Try to get them out real fast. Not a real good day. Get on for Australia. Well, that's not a bad day. Well, they've been been rolled in the under 19s as well. Oh, right. By India in the semi final. Yeah, well, again, there's probably nothing wrong with that. No. It was as expected. Well, they scored 244. India, uh, 8 for 248 or 48.5. So it was a tight game. When are we playing Pakistan? Uh, Tomorrow tomorrow at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. That's an interesting separation of semi finals, eh? Mm. Two days apart. Yeah, it is, too. Yep, you're right. Uh, surfing in the water, I'll keep you up to date with that. But right now in the studio, Strolls, Vanessa Gibson at 6.17. Hello. Good morning. Good Vanessa. Well, look, in the latest update on that fatal stabbing in Red Bank Plains on the weekend, it has been revealed the 16-year-old boy who is facing the murder charge had actually been on bail at the time for multiple armed robbery mm. offences. So this just really puts our youth crime back in the spotlight and, you know, just how the the courts and the system are dealing with these cases. The Premier also bringing forward the issue of when a court should be open for the media to access and report on it because of the five court hearings of these five teenagers who have been charged with various offences, only one allowed the court to be open. And that magistrate said he thinks it leads to greater confidence in the judicial system to have it reported. But all of the other um, magistrates close their courts, so we really don't know any details about what has happened mm. in that case or or any of the, the background or anything with these accused. Uh, so it's raised a, a bit of an issue there, and the Premier said he wants to speak to the Attorney-General about potentially changing magistrate behaviour, that they tend to err on the side of closing the court when it does come to these youth crime incidents, um, but he wants to kind of bring that issue up and and see if it, it is it is in the um, the principle of open justice yeah. to open it up. Look, because of this is of the profile of this case, there's no doubt that the media were going to apply for everything. Mm. Uh, the other kids have only been charged with the car offences, haven't they? Correct. There's only one on the murder charge. That's right. Yeah. Look, it's a vexed question, but I saw the premier at the media club mm. yesterday, and he's very keen to have the. The court's opened up to the media. Obviously, you know, from someone that spent 40-odd years in a newsroom, uh, I know, you know, we have a vested interest in in being able to report as much as possible. And I think right at the moment there's a voracious appetite from the public for as much much information on this case as humanly possible. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. The community is is shocked and they're a little scared and they do want information. So I, I think, yeah, there are situations where that can help to kind of, I don't know, I guess just put the community at ease yeah. a little bit or, yeah, just help to piece things together. Did you hear his mother talk last mm. night? She was okay, wasn't she? She said, my family's not bad. Yeah. This is really bad. I feel yeah. very sorry. She apologised. My family's yeah. not bad. Mm. You know, they've been here 16 years. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, Now, King Charles, he obviously has begun his 
uh, treatment after his cancer diagnosis was made public yesterday. Uh, the Royal Insiders say he's in his usual good form. He's been spotted for the first time uh, being driven from Clarence House to Buckingham Palace. He smiled and waved at onlookers, so he seems to be in good spirits. Uh, royal sources say that the treatment is precise and highly specialised, that it's been spotted at an early stage, so they are taking a bit of comfort from that. And Prince Harry flew in from LA. That was pretty quick, actually. He uh, has had a visit with his dad, and so perhaps it may be a bit of mending some bridges there, maybe. Mm. Um, but at this stage, no plans to see his brother, Prince William, while he's in the UK. So anyway, just we continue to send our best wishes to King Charles and hopefully, um, yeah, mm. that, that maybe the family can perhaps mend some of the cracks that have appeared over the past few years. Yeah, what do we think, listeners? I, I think, is, is that embarrassing for Harry that he's taken that long that this has uh, made him get there and look at those cracks? Or, or is it uh, something that's very natural? That... I know. It shouldn't have to take a crisis no. to, to kind of have those family reunions, should it? But sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, there's lots around, isn't it? They yeah. have been the two big stories that have dominated this week. Thank you for that. We'll chat Thank a little you. later on. It's uh, coming up to 6.21. Love to hear from you this morning. Uh, the Suncorp Home Resilience open line is 13 13 55, or you can text us 0467 736 736. We're just getting up and running on this Wednesday morning here on SEN. On Patton Heels for Breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Yeah, a little bit quiet early in the week racing front, but we go straight to headquarters today, Chris Nelson, don't we? Yeah, we do. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. Yeah, nothing in Queensland on Monday and Tuesday, so it's been a little bit quiet, but... Uh... We're certainly kicking into action now with uh, seven races at Eagle Farm today, and we haven't got a track update as of yet this morning. Uh, let's just double-check that. Uh, scratchings, of course, don't close officially until 7.30 our time this morning, but as it stands, we're on a good four, and uh, I don't think we've had any rain in the Brisbane area overnight. Nah, it's been fine down here. Hot and fine and humid. We had more rain again overnight. That's another 10 mils or something. It just seems to come out of nowhere. Could be a great message for trainers, I reckon. What's the date? <laughs> it's the 7th of February. Uh, like yes. It, and when, you know, strappers and some jockeys are getting a bit tired and a bit cranky, hey, 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 come on, you get two days off in February. The Monday and Tuesday in February you get off. Now put your head down and get going. <laughs> are you? It's I a wonder, leap year this year here. I wonder, yeah, I wondered where we were going with that. No, it's just, <laughs> mate, I can't believe you had two days off. Come on, what do you right, got? I don't, I don't know what, what to for say us. to that. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> uh, look, there's a couple of shorties there, guys, and I think they'll both win. So do with these what you wish. Uh, race one, number three, two wish, who's only had two starts, Tony Golan and Jimmy Orman combined here. And they've both been good efforts. The second at Doom and last time, uh, she just got too far back. I thought she'd settled closer from the good alley, but she didn't. And she ran on quite well. Now, I think she's looking for further than today's 1,200, but this field is not strong. So I think she'll get away with it, and she'll get away with it easily. And I think she's around about $1.60, and I actually don't think that's a bad price because she is so much better than these. I don't, don't think it's funny. So race one, number three, two wish. Mm-hmm. Now, race six, the other shorty, number 10, Ocean Czar. 
Uh, only had one run back from a break trained by O'Day Hoisted, and that was a third at Doombin behind Lennick. Ran on really strongly at the end of 1,200. Good gate, likes the track, gets to 1,400 metres today. Only had the one win, and that was at 1,400 metres. And it was at Eagle Farm and was scratched from Saturday at Eagle Farm due to a wide gate. So I think we'll be winning also. So they're the two good things. You may wish to multi those. You may wish to wait to get a better price. Uh, but that is con- entirely up to yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, the others, race four, number four, Sharp Dazzler. Now, Sharp Dazzler is a horse that really deserves to win a race, trained by Tony and Maddie Sears. CJ Graham jumps on today. Now, his last two is run third at Dooman over 14, over 1350 and 1650. Uh, two back, he probably should have won if not for being held up. And then last time, he just got too far back. Uh, over the 1650 and ran on quite strongly from a wide gate. Now, he's back in distance here, and he has drawn a wide gate again. But Eagle Farm, different kettle of fish to Doomman. He can get to the outside and run on strongly. He's got that long straight uh, in his favour here. So I'm going to stick with him, and you can back him each way. That's at about $5, race four, number four. Sharp Dazzler. And one more, guys, race six, number one. Uh, and that is – actually, no, it's not – that one, it's race seven. It's a horse is called Enabler. It must be race five. Do you get my uh, race? Yeah, it is. Yeah, race, race five, race five, the five topic. Number one. Yeah. Now, this is from a stable that I cannot catch. Uh, it was the old Tregade stable, now Josh King, those colours of the red and the white. But really, this uh, this one should be way too good for these Enabler. He's two runs this time in, a second behind Ring of Steel, a fourth behind Sabalenka. Uh, that was last time out in a Saturday grade race. Three off for Jake Malloy. Good gate. Seems to handle Eagle Farm okay. The rest of them are probably barely midweek stage where he's probably a Saturday grade performer. So we'll stick with him. He can over race a little. Hopefully that's not the case today, but he should run well at around just under $4. Race five, number one, Enabler. Mm. All right, so race one, the three, and race six, the ten are the two certainties. There you little all up for today. And oh, race geez. four, the Love four. Love that word. <laughs> little bit each way. And race five, the one in Abraham. What about Meat Pie Artie? Yeah, what's the ownership oh, group of that? It's not a group of footballers. Uh, race three, I've the got four. a theory. I've got a theory about that. And this is nothing against the owners at all because they can call the horse whatever they like. But when you name your horse something along those lines, you're pretty much saying this horse is never going to be overly successful. Because <laughs> you just. You just can't see a horse called Meat Piardi winning a Golden Slipper or a Melbourne Cup or an. It just doesn't happen. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong for their sake. And there's probably a really good story behind the name, which I'll try and find out. But uh, yes, I'm yet to see one with a name like that win a big race. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you a story one day. I used to bribe the great man, the the immortal yes, Arthur, up the mountain. Uh, to appear on our uh, Sunday sports show, Sports Scene, with Joe's Pies. You might be a you might own it. <laughs> Certainly not going to go over the jumps, is it, Meat Pie Artie? <laughs> right. All right, Chris. Thank you, you mate. I think so. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Good on you guys. Have a good day. Okay. Remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit thegamblinghelponline.org.au. Um, Josh, a very good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging on. No, thank you for having me. I'm not sure how this is going to go, mate, because uh, Ian Healy is a uh, prominent sponsor of the Burley Bears, <laughs> and you left the Burley Bears, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, left last year. I'm back there this year, but yes, oh, that's what you? I was going to go with. You'll be back because they're now <laughs> right in our feeder line, aren't they? Um, and yep, y- yep. you know, you won the Colts here in 2015. You tight the Titans Player of the Year in under 20s, and 2019 you won a premiership. I reckon I started with the Burley Bears just with my local business, uh, just straight after that premiership. You blokes won. That, that was that was. Um, 
big times for the club, eh? Yeah, no, it was um, a lot of fun. They um, sort of from 2016 onwards, uh, the club's gone through a lot of changes, and it's changes for the better. So it's been good. And did you come through with Jamal? Yeah, I played in the uh, 2019 yeah. grand final with him. Yeah, I thought so. That, that's good. And what have you made of his career? And hasn't he got a lot, a lot more size about him than in those years? Yeah, uh, he's uh, his career I've followed. So he's sort of someone that I've looked to, like an older sort of player coming through NRL, and so I've sort of tried to follow him doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. I went down the dressing room one day for a photo shoot, Paddy, mm-hmm. and put Jamal in the Hoppy's Frog. <laughs> That's <laughs> anyway. Well, at least you didn't do that to Josh and embarrass him. No, nah, not yet. Oh, that's good news, yeah. mate. So, so whenever you're not playing uh, in the NRL top, whatever we've whatever we need every week, you'll be at Burley. Yeah, yeah, Beauty, mate. Very. Good. All right, we've sorted that out, and you'll be at Cougarai this Saturday. Uh, playing 5-8 for the Bronx, which is a great feather in your cap, mate. I mean, obviously, it's uh, like every club. It's been a, a, a tough pre-season. You've had the humidity, the heat to deal with here. Uh, you've got to be saying, hey, I'm ready to play a bit of footy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the um, pre-season's been – I reckon this season's been harder than last year because it's just been so hot. So now that uh, footy's back this weekend, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. So where do you put yourself in the in the pecking order? We, you know, we read obviously that Ezra Mam has been signed. Five eighths your spot. He's been signed long term. What, what what are your aspirations within footy this year? Uh, my goal is still to try and play as many games as I can. Uh, at the moment, I'm just um, a backup, so I just got to make sure I'm ready to go whenever um, the boys need me to play. Mm, and but yeah, the goal is just, is to try and play. And how specific are you to just being 5'8"? Can, can you be more of a utility than that and you need to stay ready for those scenarios breaking down? Yeah, I, I see myself as a bit more utility. I've played uh, Stanley in Queensland Cup before and then because uh, I'm sort of a bigger body, I can I feel like I could go into lock as like a ball-playing role. So they're saying I'm looking forward, like looking to do this year, sort of do a little bit more through the middle um, if need be as well. Yeah, okay. Your ex WA, tell us the story there. How you came over here and and how you became involved in Lee. Uh, so yeah, born born in WA, born in Perth. Uh, Dad was from Brizzy, so he played all his footy for South Logan, um, played Queensland Cup for them, and they just moved over. Him and Mum moved over. I was born in Perth, and yes, yeah, so I always just played, always played footy uh, right through till I was uh, eighteen, I think, when um. I decided that I'll move over to to Burley. Righto. And now, how did the move Burley Titans Broncos end up? You know, how was that done? Uh, so one of the coaches I had in Perth played a uh, hundred odd games for Burley. So uh, he sort of helped me out, getting me to Burley, and then Righto. Um, yeah, sort of Titans picked me up that way for their under twenties when I first moved over, and I yeah, went back to Burley after that. Just continued playing at Burley, and then. Uh, after the 22 season, the Bronx um, offered me a contract for last year. Right, eh? All right. So you were with the Seagull system last year, five out of the year in the Q Cup, leading point score and all that sort of thing. Tell me there's not a little bit of texting and sledging going on before this uh, this Saturday's match? There hasn't been anything yet, but uh, come come Saturday there could be a bit more when I, when I see a few of the boys before the game. 
<laughs> and and Josh, did you you might have played uh, in twenty two with this Ben Takura? And like, ha- how big does he feel? Yeah, he's uh, he's massive. Um, he, yeah, he's he'd be the tallest player I've ever I've ever seen play. So <laughs> he like he's an exciting talent. So he's only young. So he's going to get better as he as he matures as well. Yeah, I was going to ask him about it. I mean, he is. I mean, Pete Bedell and the boys at the uh, Courier Mail, Travis, have, have pulled it out. The figures are that he, you know, if he if he actually plays NRL, he will be the tallest. And you know, you're talking Nelson Asafa, Solomon, mm. and these guys that are the top two hundred. Garrick Morgan, yeah, two hundred and five centimeters. He's he's a man mountain mate, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he's um, he looks over everyone easily. Like, there's a few boys in the team that are. That are massive, and he he still towers over all of them as well. So, yeah, he's a he's a big he's a big boy. Right, when that type of size, he's six foot nine, I think I read. Um, when when he comes running at you at five eight, no, what what do you do? <laughs> what's your what's your plan? Where are you hitting him? I just sort of do my best. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> sort of just try and try and get on and hold on somewhere and help. Uh, hopefully, my back row will come and help me. Is, yeah. is how I'd defend him. Patty, Patty, get over here. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. He's a great ball player. I guess big blokes like that may struggle with the getting up and down at pace. Yeah, it, it is obviously harder for them because they've got further to get up and down. But he's um, Benny is getting better with with his like with his conditioning, which is which is a positive thing. Yeah. Hey, talk us through. Pre-season down there, you've been with them right since day dawn. I mean, we know Farnworth, Flegler, Palisier, Capewell, they've all gone. How's Kevy and the other coaches coping? And uh, and what's it been like? As you said, it's been tough simply because of the heat. No, it's, it's been good. Um, the boys' combinations are, are getting uh, getting stronger each week, which is which is a positive heading forward. Currently, not not exactly how we want to be, but. We're not even up. Like we're still what a month away from round one, so still got plenty of time. And the boys are at the moment are looking good, looking quick. So I think that's a that's a positive for us. Yeah, yeah. Speed is is one of our weapons, mate. Um, the environment, yeah. you know, have you noticed any Broncos changes in the last two years? Things like the amount of footy talk that's going on, because a couple of years ago there was none. Yeah, it seems like it's like sort of buzzing around here. Like all all the footy talks, uh, real positive. I think that's um that's a that's a good thing for us. It's all positive talk. I reckon a few years ago, especially after the wooden spoon, it might have been negative talk about the Broncos. But at the moment, it's all everything's positive. Mm. And they weren't hanging out together much. Um, and you know, there wasn't much assistance given to rookies. Do you just feel that that's all all back in shape now? Yeah, we um we hang out quite a lot, quite a lot now. Golf golf's one of our like big pastimes. So yeah. there's like there's a big group of us that go play golf quite a lot. So, yeah, everyone's like it's happy. It's a happy environment, and so that everyone's enjoying that. Mm. Who's the best golfer? Um, I haven't I haven't seen him, but Renault's Renault's the best. I haven't seen him have his best game, but going off what all the boys say, he's the best. Yeah, okay. He's and got he, all the and gear. he plays off seven, I think. Is, is he a left hander? Yeah. Or is it Corey Oates was uh, a big left hander? No, yeah, Corey Oates is left handed. Okay. And uh, what about you know golf? Where did that start for you? Did, have you played Burley? Have you been a, a sort of ambassador member or member at Burley? 
No, I haven't. <sighs> I haven't got a membership of Bill. I'd, li- I'd like to. Go. I live just around the corner from there, so that'd be ideal. Ideal place to get a membership. <laughs> oh, it's very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. But Josh, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll look you up, Raven mate. We'll get, help you. we'll get a game. Uh, yeah, because yep. it's right at the back of Pizzy Park. You just right. finish training, come out of the sheds, and onto the course. Yeah, we'll the we'll course, do that. Yeah. I promise you. Hey, great to chat. I mean, having a wonderful, a wonderful few years in uh, in Q Cup, and this is the next step for you. Obviously, it's it's not the easiest, but I mean, that's what you're there for as a footballer to challenge yourself, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. It's. If it, if it was if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Stay loose, Josh. All right, well done, mate. You've got the likes of Mariner and Willison in this trial. It's uh, four o'clock Saturday afternoon at Cougarai. It's a traditional match, Bronx v Seagulls. Not an official NRL trial, but uh, you're going to see a lot of the future talent with the Bronx out there on Saturday afternoon at Cougarai. Josh, thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, mate. That's no, sweet. Thank you. Now on breakfast with Pat and Heels. Heels gets his gloves off. Let's have a look at what happened at Marnica yesterday. It was rookies against men at Marnica, that's for sure. The West Indies uh, were very unsure, but they shouldn't be. They're, they're young and they're good young players probably, but those times are gone. It's time to be men and back their solid shots with better decisions for longer periods. There were some terrible swipes off the stumps, missed uh, nicking the obvious sucker balls that the Australians put out in the corridor for them, a run-out mess-up and big shots that went straight to the one fielder that was out there. Uh, if you are good enough to bat as well as Alec Athanase, for example, for 20 runs off whatever, 35 balls, you can make a lot more. Um, they, they, were, they were startled yesterday rather than excited and had no intensity about what they were trying. Asleep would have been an accurate description for how it felt uh, them at the batting crease. This could be a wonderful call for an international pool of players willing to play in this team. Maybe two can be drafted each tour if that team wants them to develop some on-field confidence in these teams. Coaches are one way. Put coaches in the dugouts, but that's not working. It's it's working so slow. This this playing with them is much more effective. So this would be paid for by the ICC or all countries contribute to the international player draft pool. I wonder if there is such a willing player who wishes to spend time on such tours. You know, is there such an element as a uh, an animal, as a player who says, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll go on that West Indies tour for two months to South Africa. Um, coaches in the dugout are not working quickly enough. It must be a confident performer or two that shows them how to follow the plan and how much energy you have to play with. Don't worry about winning or losing but playing the right way, that's the way to start. And none of the West Indies showed me they know how to bat the correct way in one-day cricket. So how best do they learn? Give us a bell. What, what do you think? 0467 736 736. I would really like to have seen what happened at Monica Oval one hour after play. You know, if Australia had a talented young team and we lost like that, we would be on that pitch one hour after play, practicing to get better. Uh, I wonder if the West Indies were there. Broncos ledge, SEN Rugby League expert, Andrew McCulloch. Macca, good morning to you. 
Good morning, boys. Thanks very much for having me on. I don't know about expert. When I just hang around long enough, mate, you'll end up with the title, so I'll, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, yes. I appreciate that. Take it, mate. What, what sort of off-season yeah. did you have, Macca? Uh, because I bet it flew by. Certainly did, mate. It goes very quickly. Still involved with um, you know j- junior football um, heels, so there was plenty of stuff going on around November, December, and then picks back up just after New Year's, and we're in for another year, and I you know, can't wait. It's been great cricket, but looking forward to the Open League starting. Hey, before we start the league, you and I, last time you and I were sort of shoulder to shoulder was at the Tom Brady night, which was uh, an interesting evening, mate, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. You know, obviously would have liked to hear a few different questions from the MC, but overall to hear a guy of that calibre and what he's done within sport, um, his journey, how he got there was, um, yeah, really cool. And you could really feel the, you know, excitement within the room, how um, Tom Brady doesn't come to Brisbane every too often. So that was, um, it was a great night. And it was good to see you too, mate. You had a bit going on as well. Yes, I was trying to back a winner as well. At the oh, time. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, away. Thanks for throwing me under the bus, Mac. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, you, you're right, but one of the messages, and I said to Heels on air, um, Mac, it was that you know, both clubs that were strongly represented there, Lions and Bronx, had come off you know desperately heartbreaking grand final losses. And, and and Brady made the point that, you know, of the seven Super Bowls he won, he lost a couple as well. And they were the ones that he tended to learn more about himself out of. Well, that's exactly right. You probably go back and critique yourself what you needed to improve on to get better in those times of, I guess, disappointment. And probably look at that more so than after a win where you obviously just get on about the celebrations and just get on with things. So, yeah, he made a very good point there. And those two teams to obviously dealt with in that situation is, um, you know, a good lesson for them. And, you know, they've come together a bit as a group. You can sort of see over social media and news outlets that those two clubs are going to go watch each other play football and get around each other a lot more, which mm. is great for Brisbane, and hopefully they both have uh, another strong year. Yeah, nice confidence levels, that's right. Um, can you, Did you get an, uh, sort of a, an idea of the role of the quarterback? Like, he, oh, oh. he has to know where everyone's supposed to be running for every play, I'd imagine. Well, he just spoke about how big, obviously, his playbook was, where his players needed to be. It was all on him. So for him, his message was if he didn't do his role right, he couldn't help the players around him. And if he didn't know everything and be able to explain things, he was letting his teammates down and his coaches down. So he felt it was his obligation to be the best and give himself every chance for his team to win. And he obviously, like you said, that's knows where everyone is. And if it doesn't <laughs> doesn't get it right, it's on him. So it's such a big play, obviously, in the NFL. And, Super Bowl coming up. It's going to be up to those two guys as well to get their team home. Yeah, exactly right. All right, let's talk a little bit about Bronx. Ezra Mam locked away for long term. And they're sort of getting the nucleus now, the ones they want, mate, don't they? I mean, I know they'll work on Reese Waltz, but he's there for a couple of years anyway. Um, but the likes of Haas and Carrigan, um, they're there for a while now. Yeah, you can certainly see what they're trying to build, build that, I guess, group of players. and. You got to look outside too when you talk about talent in those key positions, such as you know, your middle forwards and your and your, your spine are so crucial. So if you're able to lock those guys in for long terms, they don't. There's not a real lot out there that you can sort of lock away. Um, I guess in quality and probably I guess banking bank on that player to get you through to a premiership. So yeah, it's looking like Adam might go around for another year there. I'm not sure the ins and outs of that contract, but a experienced guy, obviously. Young guy, you know, the young guy half outside him as well as a good combination is what you need in the game at the moment. It looks like they're trying to build that nicely. It's good to see him repay the favour of the Broncos as well and looks like he's pretty happy and enjoying his footy. Uh, Macca, I, I vaguely remembered, only uh, now, uh, 
a young a young gun halfback that we touted might be his shadow eventually. Have, have you got his name? Um, uh, from the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, oh, mate, it's too hard. There's a couple of good kids coming through. I'd hate to sort of put it. Okay, there's a couple of them, righto. There's a couple because I know for a fact, obviously, I've had a mate, Benny Hunt's probably been in that position. You know, the great Alan Langer, Tommy Dearden's another one. So those guys who get thrust in that position in such a, you know, a pressure role in such a big club. So there's a number of guys fighting. I don't want to single anyone out. Okay. Um, a couple of good young kids. They're certainly in the emerging players that I could name, but... Yeah, just like to relax a little bit with that and just obviously um, let them get by their time and, ex- and learn before I start heaping praise on kids or expectations because it can be a bit of a um, detrimental effect to their, yeah. I guess, growth. Good call, mate. Uh, but they are there, which is good. I remember reading on one and I've got to remember better. Hey, uh, after a little bit of impatience with Ezra early, he hasn't taken very long eh, to look comfortable at the NRL level in such an important position. Yeah, well, it's such a uh, heel. Sorry, you got to understand too, mate. Who the half he's got outside him. So the relaxed feeling for Ezra would be, I don't have to run the show. Adam's there running the show, calling the shots. He sits back and has a probably a few plays up his sleeve, and then he takes the ball when sort of Adam gives it to him. So he'd be just sitting back going, "How good's this? I don't have to steer the ship. The pressure's not really on me. It's on Adam to obviously get him around. He's the experienced half." So you know that that all changes as you get old, obviously. So at the moment he's just sitting back, and Adam's probably dictating where they go and he gets to play when he wants to, which is great and enjoy it while he can too. Back mm-hmm. I think we've spoken on air about this. and I mean, we, we sort of tend to mention it every interview we do about the Bronx at the moment. You take away Farnworth the, in the backs, but you lose Flegler, Palacier and Capel, three very, very capable NRL level forwards. You're, you're someone who yeah. played your life in the pack. Yeah, it is, and, and that just happens after you have a bit of success in terms of salary cap and guys wanting more opportunity and things like that. But the good, strong clubs over the years have been able to keep that, I guess, standard set of training regardless of who's coming in and whose players left. So it's really an emphasis on your junior system and, I guess, what they're doing right, right to actually build into that next step and take those positions because it is going to happen. That's the way it works within the NRL. So you know you've got good systems underneath those first-grade guys um, you're in a good position, and hopefully they can do that this year. And you know, a couple of little buys there, Fletcher Baker as well, another one from the Roosters, strong club. So hopefully he can do a job there off the bench as well as maybe even starting. So yeah, some good signs there. But blokes have just got to up and take their opportunity when they get it. Mm, Fletcher Baker hasn't had a whole lot of luck pre-season, has he? A couple of couple of times he's gone down with a foot. Yeah, a little bit niggling injuries, mate. And it's obviously not ideal, but hopefully he's got the good. He's got a good staff there. And, you know, pressure's not on him either to really start. So if you can do a job like Keenan or someone like that off the bench and not be that Thomas Flegler, um, he just needs to be himself, but certainly to start with anyway. Okay. What about the hooker position, mate? Are we, are we a touch heavy? Do we um, maybe find more versatile roles for one of them or two of them? Uh, can they be useful in other areas or is this how many hookers you need? Yeah, it's a strange one. I don't know too many clubs have probably got four or five on their, I guess, books there. Obviously, they're on different scale of contracts and maybe development and all that sort of thing, the top 30 deals. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one there. You've probably got three or four guys and, you know, Cam Brzezowski is on a development deal or a train and trial deal. as a young kid on the under-19s emerging squad as well. Mm-hmm. So, good young player in the hookers. So, there's another opportunity there. But, yeah, fighting for spots... Uh, 
yeah, there's four or five there, but like, you know, Billy's had a great year last year. I think Tyson Smoothie had did a great job when he needed to do as well when he got on there, kept it simple. So, yeah, Pacey wants another shot as well. So it's good for competition for spots, um, but evidently after a while, you know, you can't keep four or five. It just doesn't work like that. So it's going to be interesting how that pans out. So how's the Sunday afternoon barbecues over at Kevy's place when uh, when Billy takes the grandkids over? He said, Dad, what are you doing to me? you got 15 hookers on the list. No, oh, I don't know, yeah. Well, at the moment, I think Billy's happy. He's way his footy's going. He doesn't need to worry about that. So, yeah, oh, mate, that's just the way he keeps playing good footy. He doesn't have to have his chat to his dad. So I think he's just, he'd like to keep it that way. So it'd be tough for both sides in the end, but don't have to worry about that at the moment. Maka, who takes the next step this year in your mind? Who... Who goes to the next level? I know we've got established stars. We've got young excitement machines like like Walsh and Mam. Who do you think within that top 30 at the Bronx is going to surprise us? You know, you know who I really like that's probably is a bit unnoticed. Everyone you know, talks about Paddy Carrigan and those sort of guys in the middle, and deservingly so. But, you know, you look at Kobe Hetherington, how far he's come yeah. on. He was a hooker when I was sort of still there at the Broncos. But he comes on and does a tremendous job when he gets his chance at his opportunity for his 10 or 15 minutes when he comes on the field. He's energetic, doesn't make mistakes, comes on with plenty of energy, good tackles, tackles like his old man. So it's um, those guys are the glue. And the, when you realise when you're out in the field and those guys come on and you don't notice, notice the difference between your starting and your bench players, so you're in a good position. And Kobe did a tremendous job that this year doing that. Sorry, last year doing it. Um, so you'd be looking to impress again and maybe a few more shots and starting and depending on obviously the forward pack out of setup is there, but you can certainly see Kobe starting in the 13 jersey a little bit this year if there's mm. origin time or a chance someone from Paddy to go up in the front row as well. And some of that, would that have been influenced and educated by Kurt Capewell? Uh, for example, the influence he had on that forward pack now, is that what Hetherington can take on? Yeah, yeah, I assume so. You like to think those guys that have been around a, little, a while leave an impression on these younger guys coming through yeah. and how they train, how they behave, the professionalism, how to get up after a few bumps and bruises throughout the year. So you'd like to think so. Heels, and um, I guess time will tell and the impact he sort of left within those club and those young guys you'd think would be in good stead. And he's obviously gone for whatever his reasons, but next man up and that's what you need. Hey, back up. We'll, we'll let you go. Always generous with your time. Just very quickly, the other three. I mean... What are the whispers around the the footy circles about Titans, Cows and Dolphins? Yeah, obviously we spoke to a couple of boys at the Dolphins, how hard they're training, they've gone up a level. But I think, once again, their depth's added really well. They've brought some really good players. They have a really, really low, sorry, be a good balance for them. Herbie's a great pickup and obviously Fleggy. So you think they'd be there, they'd be pushing again. Obviously, they were surprised packets the Dolphins a little bit last in terms of how well they probably exceeded expectations, but, you know, I think they've got a good, strong sword. And, you know, Cowboys, a little disappointed, I think, to start the year after the year they had previously before that, but they got such a strong roster, I think they'd be there, thereabouts. So, make sure a good year, and we'll see what Desi can do with the Titans, mate, but it's looking good for the Queensland teams at the moment anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, and... We're back. You know as well as I do, at this, at this time of the year, everyone's a chance of winning the premiership. Well, that's but... it, mate. Everyone's going good. It's the fittest everyone's been. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see how they go when you get into June, July time, mate, after a few bumps, and we'll worry about that then. Good stuff. Andrew McCulloch, thank you, mate. Thanks, Maka. Thank you, boys. Appreciate that. Special event for us now, Hills. You've used that unbelievable black book of yours, and you've made a call. 
Uh, the fact that you're playing golf with him today um, also helps as well. Uh, just easily described as the most influential English cricketer of the 20th century, and he had a stint in Queensland, and we loved it when he was here as well. Lord Ian Botham. Morning, Ian. How are you, mate? Howdy. Very well, mate. How are you? Very well. Uh, great to hear your voice. Now, you're almost a local, aren't you? I was at a luncheon with you the other day. I mean, you're here, but you're also doing important stuff for the government, et cetera, aren't you? Yeah, I've been up, um, we did quite a bit of stuff up in Morton, uh, fastest growing town I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's exciting all over Australia. Uh, but, um, yeah, it it's keeps me very busy and I need, to be kept, I need to be kept busy. I have a very low boredom threshold, as you know. <laughs> but, Beef, what, what are some of your big ticket items that you, you uh, carry out for the government? Heels, how are you, mate? All right. Very well, thanks, mate. Oh, good. Look forward to catching up later. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've done everything from manhole covers uh, to uh, submarines to yeah. you name it, um, across the board all over Australia. So, yeah, I enjoy it. Um, uh, I come When I was off the job, I thought, Phew, I don't know, is that for me? But I'm actually uh, a bit like a duck to water, um, thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, it's given me lots to think about, lots, to, lots of work. Uh, and it's kept me busy, which is important. And it's so, just to yeah. Australia, isn't it? You don't go to other countries doing this sort of work? No, no, just yeah. Australia. Between, it's a two-way road, uh, introducing companies from Australia to the UK or the UK to Australia. That's yeah. why. And that, and, give, and, that, and that gives you enough time to go cray fishing with Geoffrey Merrill over at this <laughs> island, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, that's a dangerous eight days that was, Heels, I can tell you. <laughs> the, the crayfish were a bit dangerous, were they? <laughs> no, no, the crayfish were friendly. <laughs> I, we will talk some cricket, I promise, but uh, when, when we mentioned at the top of the show that you were coming on, there, there was a fascination amongst our listeners. You, you obviously are allowed to sit in the House of Lords, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. And when I get back, that's one of the first things I'll go down for a couple of days, see what's going on, uh, catch up. Um, but I tend to only go when it's relevant. Uh, mm-hmm. So if it's something that uh, I want to get involved in uh, or some comments of, or observations, whatever. Uh, but we have, um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting place to go. We meet some very interesting people. Um, yeah, it's just a great honour, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and the knowledge in those chambers, my goodness. Hey, um, <laughs> I, I, you said go down, to, obviously, to London. Uh, you've right-sized, haven't you, up at up at Durham? Uh, have you changed residences, and are you still up north? Oh, no, we're still up north. Um, yeah, we just got rid of, uh, you know, I think uh, 12 bedrooms are slightly excessive for Kath and I. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we sold up and we're actually... Um, well, until we decide what we're going to do, uh, or what I say what we're going to do, I'll have no say in it whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, but uh, when Kath uh, decides what she wants, we're re- renting at the moment on a, on a friend's farm, cottage, which is, uh, I love it actually, to be honest with us. It's a lock up and go because there's always someone on a farm. So it's much safer than when you're away for long terms and otherwise. So, yeah, no, uh, we're still, we're about a mile from where we were, Hills. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. As a pro flight. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, we'll get on to England and India. What a great series in prospect, mate. Um, and baseball. you know, it's right down your way of playing, wasn't it? Are you happy with it? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Look at the crowds. Uh, crowds are coming back to cr- test cricket. Um, 
the um, if you, you know yourself that when you, when you played uh, twenty years ago, thirty years ago against uh, India, the grounds were heaving, and then suddenly uh, the IPL came along and one day cricket and the crowds, test crowds, plummeted. But um, uh, with what's happening now, people are coming back. They're coming to see it. India played very much in that way. Mm. Um, yeah, when um, uh, England certainly did, New Zealand uh, thrashing South Africa. Um, it, it, it's an, it, you, you're entertainers at the end of the day, and uh, if you want people to come to the games, yeah, you've got to um, you know, entertain them. They don't want to come see someone scoring at 1.2 runs per hour. You know, they want to see guys going out there and bossing the game. And yeah, you, you're going to lose the odd game. You're going to have a bad day here and there. But at the moment, uh, I think England's played 15 and won 13 or 12 or 12 or 13 game uh, tests. Yes. So. Yeah, it's exciting, and you, you, we've sold we sell out for five days now, which is unheard of. Test matches in the UK because everyone used to buy up to the fourth day, and then you know we'll see what yes. happens on the fifth day cricket. But you know, we, we are actually, um, I think it's healthier than it's been for a long time. Test cricket, and that's good. And I think it's been dominated by just talking about the batting. You know, because that's how Baz used to play, right? But they're actually bowling more aggressively in the final throws of a Test match. The declarations are better, and they're bowling, doing it with the ball too, eh? Mate, it's, it's you always get in India, as you know yourself, you play there enough. But when you go to India, uh, you, you never quite know what wicket you're going to get because they are capable of producing whatever they want, really, according to the circumstances. Yep. Uh, so. That in itself is intriguing. Reading, you have to read the surface and think. You know, do we bat first here, or is there a bit in it we can bat bowl and get a few wickets early? Um, but yeah, it's um, it's so important. I think to stay on top. If you get, if you get it's quite often you see sides go three, four down, and then the bowlers seem to relax. Uh, that's not the way it should be. And you know, when you get your foot on the uh, on the throat, you've got to keep it there uh, and uh, do the job. And I think that's rubbed off because I think the whole game has become more aggressive, which is important. I, I know mm. it's hypothetical, but where do you reckon your allegiances would lie now if you were playing modern day where someone with your talents, just you know, the wonderful all-rounder, you would be wanted in every form of the game. Would you be tempted by the unbelievable money of the IPL or would you, your allegiance lie with your country? <clears throat> Look, at the end of the day, the people that are most successful cricketers have a test uh, base. So they've played plenty of test cricket. They've worked out their game. Uh, they know how to play and you can adjust. Uh, and those are the people, you know, people remember test cricketers. Yeah. Not too many people remember one-day cricketers and one-day competitions. They might go along with the odd thrill or have a, you know, an evening at a T20 game. Uh, but at the end of the day, the players that are remembered and will go down the history books are, are the test cricketers. And I was worried about that five years ago, six years ago, but I think now that that's uh, come all the way round. And, yeah. uh, and thankfully, because if we lose Test cricket, well, that man's cricket, as we know, gone. It'll be just be slogathons. Mm. And so the creams or slash whites are very important to contracts that that uh, players do get. Uh, uh, some of our young blokes here at the radio station today, um, beefy. Didn't remember the Courier Mail one dollar Sundays. Like when when you were here, how good were they? Where the Gabba would pack out for a buck ahead and watch you play. How was your mem- What are your memories? I remember a lot. I remember the pig. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did they do? They, from from memory, they, they were university kids who from Gatton. Yeah, who anaesthetised the pig, didn't they? And hit, hit it in an esky to get it in. And then when the pig woke up, they let him run on the field. Yeah, but the thing is, they were vet, uh, veterinary school boys. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, Mark Ward Jr. told me uh, when I was working with them, Triple M, he uh, came up to me and said, uh, hey, I know that vet, the vet that <laughs> Met the <laughs> he vet. looks after my horses. <laughs> <laughs> he looks after some of his horses. <laughs> right, eh? <laughs> so, but I, I think that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <clears throat> they actually wanted it to come out at lunchtime, but they gave it a bit too much juice, <laughs> and it was, didn't wake up till tea time, and then they let it loose. But it was hilarious, <laughs> and the crowd it's absolutely packed the ground as well. So it, it got the biggest cheer of the day, I think. The big, yeah, and I believe he had it. He got taken and looked after very well. He didn't end up in the, hanging in the butcher's shop. He, uh, I think, uh, he went to a farm and lived out his life. He uh, deserved it after. Uh, Can you imagine that? Imagine carrying the esky in. <laughs> you've got the pig underneath, you've got some ice on top, and sleeping, and you've got a few beers. And then, oh, that's all right, so carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, in the days of the old cricketers club down that Vulture Street end, we'd all get there and have a beer and a steak. And yeah, they were, they were wonderful, wonderful days, weren't they? <laughs> they were great days. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time. And Beef, do you, yeah. do you reckon there's a, you know, is there still a place in Sheffield Shield cricket for imports, do you reckon? I think I think you should do. I think it's important because I think it raises the standard. If you get the right imports, yeah, you, you either want experienced players to come in and help the shield players, or you want young guys that are itching to get uh, on in the game and go on and represent their country. I don't think it does any harm, and uh, I think that one, maybe two, uh, but no more than that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it works. I mean, I, if you look back at the time when I started, I was at the luxury of playing with. People like Brian Close as the captain. Yeah, we had Viv, Viv and I made our debuts together uh, against uh, Lancashire in uh, 1974, first-class debuts. Uh, and we had Joel Garner, Helen <laughs> Mosley. You know, and it, 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 the standard of cricket was much higher then. Uh, and I think um, it benefited all people, not just the crowds, but more importantly, the dressing room. Yeah. You know, Dean Jones, God bless him, but uh, Dean Jones was... Uh, he was magnificent when he came to Durham and he got the boys uh, jumping around. Uh, he got to them, he had barbecues and got to know them all. Uh, and everybody, you know, you think of the cricketers we produced in that period. Yeah. Well, a lot of it was down to the experience of, of, of some of the Australian overseas players uh, and the other overseas players that we had from various parts of, of, of the world. But um, well, you look at the guys we've had, and it's, it's a great success, and I, I, I definitely recommend that. Mm, yeah. Good stuff. Hey, we could chat all day. We can't. We've got to get to a break. I know you two are going to join an afternoon out on the golf course, and uh, I'd love to be yeah. a fly on the wall to listen to a few of the old stories. Uh, Lord Ian Botham, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Beef. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, he'll see you later, mate.